Hello, hello everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about organic growth acceleration for your B2B SaaS company. Today, we have our guest, George Cassiotis, joining us. George is the Managing Director of Minusia, an organic growth acceleration agency for B2B SaaS companies. George started out as an independent marketing consultant, but then was then soon pulled down the path of creating an agency. In his free time, he imparts wisdom on LinkedIn or buries his head in psychology books to get down on the why of human behavior. So welcome, George. Super excited to have you on the show today. Hey, Akil. It's good to be here. Uh, so I want to start with the basics. You know, we're talking about organic growth today, SEO, content marketing. You know, we haven't talked much, much about that on the show, but I'd love to learn more. Um, so let's start with, you know, basics. If I'm just launching my SaaS into the market and I'm looking to use SEO or content marketing as my main channel of traffic, right? That's the one where we want to focus on. I'm, I'm sold on the idea that there's value in this in this channel. Where do, where do I want to start? At the very early stages um, in order to get the most traction. Am I writing on the blog? Am I just writing whatever I feel like on the topic? Am I creating comparison pages, feature pages, industry landing pages? Tell me, how do I structure that thought for the next uh, couple of months here? Sure, that's a great question and a great way to uh, kick off things. Uh, I would say that in general, exceptions apply, but in general, until a company gets to product market fit, um, they shouldn't invest in SEO. They could invest in con, which is a completely different thing, but in general, we advise against SEO until you get to product market fit. Why? I can say a couple of reasons why. You may pivot. You, you simply may pivot after six months and all your effort uh, when it comes to SEO, guess what? It will go for nothing, okay? Uh, you don't know yet at this point what the best use cases for your product are. Uh, and thus, what's the point of creating content around how to create a landing page if you are not sure that you know what, this is uh, one of the use cases why people use my product. Uh, or, unfortunately, you may die. Uh, you may die and uh, as a company, you may not last to see uh, the uh, effect, the positive effect of uh, SEO. Of course, as I mentioned, exceptions apply. Okay, And unless you have really deep pockets uh, or you are a um, serial uh, founder and entrepreneur uh, who has you know, uh, a big uh, VC uh, behind them, uh, I would advise advice against um, SEO. Now, the question is, okay, you can't do SEO. What can you do? I would say that um, you can publish content that demonstrates the value of your, of your product because every single visitor, regardless of how they came on the website, matters and they have to be con convinced about the, the value of your product. Um for example, through customer stories, case studies, this is something that you definitely have to do in the early stages uh, of running your SaaS company. Uh, you have to uh, share stories, uh, both the good and the bad, um, so that people feel connected to you and your company. Uh, and another thing that you can do is that um, you can publish content uh, that will help you uh, establish trust. Um, and you can definitely distribute that content through channels like uh, LinkedIn, for example. Um, and here, when we say content can help you establish trust, we are thinking about thought leadership uh, content, for example, opinion-based content or controversial content or studies, okay? These are all things that you can do in the very early stages um, because, uh, quite frankly, they 
they do not require a long-term investment that unfortunately you may not be able to see um, paying out. Mm, interesting. So you're not even tackling top of the funnel because your top of the funnel, your your brand, your message of what you offer is changing. You're just working on you know case studies, the deliver the deliverables of what you've done, uh, use cases, you know uh, those kind of pieces of content, and then you're distributing opinions on social and or even you know podcasts like this, right? Yeah, um, and I would say you mentioned uh, you mentioned comparison pages and alternative pages, mm, which mm. unfortunately it's a it's a completely different topic. In a, it's a topic on its own, and mm. uh, unfortunately, like many other things, it has been widely abused by uh, the B two B SaaS industry. By but you know, let's ask ourselves: How can you compare yourself, or how can you present yourself as a viable alternative to a, an established business? You can't. At this point, mm. you simply can't. Until thus, until you get to product market fit, you should focus on other things content-wise and don't worry so much about SEO. Uh, would you say content in general? Would you also say, you know, part of link building? Like what, would uh, going out and building your authority in a space and getting a bunch of links and uh, would, would that be helpful at the early stages or, or no? I would say it's, a, I, I, would, I would separate the two. Like mm. link building is an activity for me, at least, works as an amplifier, okay? I have something that I want to amplify. For example, I have a feature page that is important to me and I want to try to get as much visibility and as many clicks for this feature page. Okay, you have to build some links from relevant websites um, and so on and so forth. Uh, But guest posting and, you know, publishing a post on a... um, uh, an industry publication, uh, I would say, is a completely different thing. And you may do that um, in the context of trying to build authority or uh, awareness. So I would say that I would separate the two activities and I would say that everything that's focused on um, raising awareness, uh, demonstrating the value of your product, demonstrating your expertise um, and the expertise of your early uh, team um, is definitely in the right direction. But I wouldn't stress over you know link building or anything like that because... At the moment, at this point, like we shouldn't be interested in that. Okay, we shouldn't be interested in amplifying anything organic-wise uh, because, once again, like and especially building, it's not a cheap activity. Uh, you may do it, and you may not last to see uh, the results. Mm, makes sense. So, I mean, that's that's early stage when you're just starting out. Now, let's say you do have product market fit or your later stage company, like you guys work with, you know, 10 million ARR companies or even bigger, right? Publicly traded companies or VC-backed SaaS companies. Um, what, what are you guys doing? What's your strategy? Do you guys focus on at that point? Now you're like, right, I've got product market fit. I really want to use this channel, you know, orga- organic growth. I would say that, uh, you know, things change. Uh, and obviously where you are at a later stage, the things that, and the activi- the things that are, you know, interesting, uh, af- the things that you should be invested in uh, and uh, that, you know, the activities that you should uh, invest time and resources in are completely different. Uh, at, that, at that stage, I, I think, and we have seen uh, from our experience working with uh, such companies, uh, that it's all about accelerating things. And uh, in later stages, it's all about scalability. Okay. So what are the activities and what are the things that we should be doing in uh, that stage? I would say that you should care about increasing your brand value, okay? Because let's face it, uh, even if you do a tremendous job when it comes to organic search and getting organic visibility, going one keyword after another, 
there is one thing that you cannot beat. And unfortunately, there are not so many studies out there around that. Uh, let's say that you are in a, in a category like email marketing and you are competing with um, MailChimp and you are doing a tremendous job organic-wise, okay? Chances are MailChimp is going to get the click. Why? Because, you know, because it's MailChimp, okay? Mm. So at this point, I would say that one of the first things that you should do um, is try to increase the brand value. Try to uh, increase uh, the understanding that people in the industry have about your brand, what you do, how you differentiate, and so on and so forth, which is not the traditional way companies think about SEO. They just think, okay, what are the keywords? Let's, you know, launch some feature pages. Let's do some comparison and alternative guides. And, you know, that's it. Let's call it a day. But you should start, your starting point is increasing your brand value. Uh, then uh, something that's extremely important, you have to make sure that you close what we call uh, the topical authority uh, gap. In order for you to be able uh, to rank for the terms that are, you know, the most interesting to you and the most important to your to your brand, uh, you have to build what we call topical authority. Okay, and at this stage, you have the resources, you have probably the knowledge, you have everything that you need in order to start closing the gap that you uh, and your competitors uh, have. Okay, so. This is the second thing. Uh, the, the third thing is you have to try to close the information gap, meaning you, ha you don't have to just, you know, go on and start using a, um, an SEO uh, keyword data provider such as AHS, full disclaimer, AHS is the sponsor of our podcast, but I would, mm -hmm. you know, mention it as an example either way uh, and try to see, you know, what are the keywords that I'm missing. It's not so much about keywords as it is about information. What is the information that your website is missing uh, compared to your competitors or compared to um, search competitors in the sense of, you know, websites that you are competing with, uh, either you like it or not, on uh, the serves, okay? Uh, and last but not least, um, I would say that uh, you have to uh, diversify your organic traffic sources. Uh, what does that mean? That we have seen in some cases, companies in that stage that we are talking about, um, the majority of their traffic and the majority of their leads, let's say, if leads is what they are interested in, um, comes from just one article, okay? Mm. This is not good because guess what? If you lose the rankings for this article, reports at the end of the month are not going to, to look good. Okay, so you have to diversify that and diversify the risk, I would say, uh, of relying on just one article. Now, if we're talking about later stages and if we're talking about, you know what, we want to scale things up and we want to accelerate and um, uh, become the top player in our category, I would say that if that's the case, you also have to uh, care about establishing processes that will allow you to scale things up uh, without breaking as many uh, things. Uh, so th these are some activities. And I would say this is a kind of a mindset that mm -hmm. uh, a company at a later stage should have when it comes to organic search. Got it. And if we're, if we're talking about specifically on creating content, 
uh, and trying to rank, right? I mean, that's ultimately the goal of creating content, right? You want to rank and get traffic and, you know, branch out and diversify. How do you, you know, in your website, you talk about we create top-notch content. And I want to hear, you know, how do you guys define top-notch content in 2022? Is it the length right here, you know, minimum 2,000 words? Is it, you know, the, the amount of facts and, and interesting, you know, keywords you stuff in? Is it keyword density? Uh, how do you guys look at top-notch content? I will, uh, before I answer the question, <laughs> I will uh, I will just say something about the length. The length of, you know, it has to be above 2,000 words. Uh, it's a misconception uh, right. that unfortunately, like many other misconceptions in the world of uh, Condesio, uh, because of, I don't know, some correlation study that was published five years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And SEO professionals took that and, uh, I mean, we can see it in editorial guidelines from very serious companies. Uh, the con has to be above 2,000 words. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. If the answer can be given in 500 words or even less, that's totally fine. Okay. So that's a side note. But to answer your question, uh, what um, what we should do? First of all, you should give the answer to the searcher's query. Uh, in other words, uh, you have to satisfy the search intent. As simple as that. You have to give them what they uh, what brought them to your website in the first place. This is the first thing. Um, second, which is not something that most websites do, especially when it comes to SaaS, which is uh, we all can, you know, uh, agree uh, moving towards uh, commoditization. You have to do it in a way that's unique um, and stands out um, from the, the rest of the results that are out there. Okay. Because unfortunately, what you see is that you see uh, search engine results pages for um, terms that are related to uh, B2B software companies that look, you know, like every other result out there. Um, and this uh, this sea of, you know, seamless, I would say, this homogeneity is not something that, you know, if I'm going to do a page like every other page, um, I'm going to get the results that I crave for and I expect and I want. No, you have to do it in a unique way. Um, now, another thing, if we if we dive a bit deeper into things uh, that you have to do is to try to give the answer to the next question that the searcher uh, may have while on that page. What does that mean? Let's say let's let's use an example and let's say that someone came on your website searching for website launch checklist. Okay, okay. Um, and you offer uh, a comprehensive guide on how uh, to uh, launch a website along with a Google Sheets uh, template um, that works as a checklist. Now you have to think what else this person who came on your website may be looking for um, that's related to what actually brought them uh, to your website in the first place. Well, they may be looking for things like best day to launch a website, uh, west uh, website launch announcement examples, uh, website launch announcement uh, email. Uh, or even coming soon, uh, landing page, because, you know, uh, I want to have a landing page until I get to that point. And you have to be in the position as the con creator, as the, as the person who drives the strategy to, to answer all these questions, um, before they are even uh, asked by the, the visitor. Uh, so in a nutshell, these are the things that you should be doing, uh, in order to, to have chances of ranking. 
Okay, so let's say, you know, you, you've kind of figured out what the intent is. You're knowledgeable, obviously, that you're starting a business. You should have some, you know, background in knowing how to answer it effectively. You're putting in the answers. You're, you're thinking about follow-up questions, and you're also filling that in. Um, but then your job, you know, as you as an SEO, you have another part of this, which is the technical side. And so let's talk a little bit about that. So, you know, John Mueller, he's the webmaster trend analyst at Google. You know, they have the, the secret of what kind of hel- uh, helps rank the different factors that help rank on Google. The algorithm is always changing, right? We see that every few months they're releasing updates. Um, so beyond the content, what are some of the most common ranking factors that are, you know, we should be thinking about or proven to work and we should be aware of if uh, we're starting to publish this content? I would say that in general, and we all know that Google is very secretive and protective with what drives rankings. Uh, They are giving some uh, hints uh, now and there, here and there, but for the most part, I would say that uh, we are entering the the sphere of uh, assumptions now. And um, uh, we we just try to, to understand and to uh, to assume that you know what this is a, a, a ranking factor. Now, based on our experience, I would say that um, things like topical authority that I mentioned earlier, it's extremely important, and we have seen it um, affect uh, not only uh, the rankings, the initial rankings that a, a page uh, can have, but also uh, how fast it can have those rankings. Okay, um, search intent. That I mentioned previously, it's extremely important as a uh, as a ranking factor. Uh, let's say uh, user experience, which is which you know I'm I'm really um, I really wonder how it goes. You know, so unnoticed in many cases. Uh, user experience is a is a huge driver when it comes to rankings, and, and I think that. As we, as other ranking factors become uh, more saturated, let's say, and more and more websites and brands are competing for the same factors, um, user experience will be one of the things that you can still compete um, for in a less crowded space. Um, what else? Definitely content depth uh, on a on a page level, uh, content breadth, uh, both on a page level and on a you know domain website level. And last but not least, uh, either we like it or not, backlinks. Um, they still matter. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure when and if this is uh, going to, to stop ever uh, or whether or not they are going to become uh, less important in the future. But backlinks matter. One thing that also matters that's kind of uh, related to, to backlinks that also goes unnoticed is mentions, brand mentions, even mm-hmm. if they are, um, even if they don't include a link. Uh, so for example, if uh, your product is often mentioned um, in lists with the best product for this category, the best products for this category, uh, or on a, you know, even on a sentence, on a passage level, uh, you are mentioned as, you know, one of the best uh, solutions uh, for that category, uh, I think that this matters, and uh, as you know, as the time passes and Google gets a better understanding and sense of words, I think that it will matter uh, increasingly, and uh, you know, it will have a, a significant value moving forward. And even if that link is a, a no-follow versus follow, do you see the a big value difference in, in how you 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 know value that that uh, link? Now, obviously, you know, and this is obviously a debate, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, among m- many SEO professionals. Uh, 
but I would say that we can all understand that uh, do follow links um, have you know some value since we suppose that they uh, pass on what's called link equity. Of course, we we can't be sure about anything because we can't be sure really how Google um, uh, values the unfollow, uh, the no follow, sorry, um, links. But I would say that, and this is a completely different discussion, but we are so obsessed about, you know, getting the link, uh, the do follow link. Hmm. And we forget in many cases, the importance of what's increasingly, you know, uh, important nowadays, which is digital PR, uh, which kind of touches upon what I mentioned earlier, mentions and trying to, and I will give you an example here. Uh, we are um, an agency that helps uh, B2B software companies. Okay, on our homepage, we we never we we don't have even one mention of the the term SaaSEO agency. Okay, not not even one. But because we have some backlinks and because we run a podcast that's called uh, the SaaSEO so, well, guess mm-hmm. what? We get visibility uh, for such terms. We are not on page one because we haven't done something actively about it, uh, but we have visibility for it. Rest assured that Google uh, can make the associations as to what mm. your website is all about. You just have to help it. And backlinks, they are not the only way uh, to help Google make these associations. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, maybe years ago, right? I think 15, 20 years ago, you could just throw a bunch of links and things would rank, right? I mean, things have obviously changed with their algorithm. Um, so let's yeah. talk hy- hypothetical, right? If I have a, you know, let's say somebody listening in says, I have a very limited budget, but I do want to do SEO and I only want to focus on one area, right? Rather than, you know, I can create content and build a content team and, uh, you know, do keyword research and focus that down that route, or I can focus on, on link building. And let's say I want to focus on this for the next two quarters or the let's say next six months. Where would you suggest maybe investing that for the, the best ROI and, and why? That's a very good question. Uh, but I would say that it ha- the the answer uh, heavily depends on what the budget is. Uh, let's take two hypothetical scenarios. In the first okay. scenario, you have uh, sorry. That's it. Okay, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's take this. Yeah. Scenarios. So yeah. Uh, in the first scenario, we have a budget of you know five k, which mm-hmm. in some cases, you know, for some people it may be you know this is what I have. Um, if you have a budget of five k for the next six months and also, uh, let's add in this scenario another factor that this is your last money. I would advise against SEO. Just mm. you know, don't do it. Uh, invest this money uh, in another uh, channel, maybe a channel that offers instant gratification, such as PPC, for example. Okay. Mm. Mm. Now let's take a second uh, scenario. Scenario, a hypothetical scenario B. You have 50k. Okay, and you are also, you, you feel very comfortable um, investing this amount. It's not your last money. It's not that if I, if I lose this money, I go out of business. Uh, and you are also okay with learning through that process. Okay, because I would say that every investment, if anything, is a, a, a way to, to learn. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so if that's the case, I would say that two things. First of all, con creation. And second, uh, con promotion. Okay, and in con promotion, by the way, I also include uh, link building. Okay, um, so these are the the two uh, activities. But the thing is that the thing is that most companies do it and insist doing that 
uh, in, in, a, in a very traditional way. So what would they do in a case like that? They would just, you know, uh, open a keyword data provider, uh, AHS, once again, it's a sponsor mm-hmm. of our podcast, a full disclaimer, uh, but I would still suggest them. Um, they would open it, just try to find the keywords. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I mean, how can you expect people to link back to uh, a piece of content that has nothing different or unique about it and it looks like every other result out there, okay? So let's take things a bit further and let's assume that you are a CRM software, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? CRM softwares exist for many, many years. It's one of the most saturated and more difficult categories to penetrate and to compete um, against all these big uh, guys. What can you do? I guess that most, you know, uh, founders would say, um, you know, this, uh, this, uh, quarters or for the next two quarters, we have to try to get, um, visibility for the term CRM software. We are going to launch a feature, uh, pay, launch a feature page about it. And, you know, we are going to invest heavily, uh, in, in our efforts. It's never going to happen. Uh, also for reasons that we, uh, explained earlier, um, such as brand value and brand recognition, which rest assured, uh, plays a role. What you can do, though, since you are going to invest in this process either way, is approach things a bit more creatively. For example, instead of just trying to go after keywords, you could take a more creative approach and, for example, uh, create a piece of con that's a survey, let's say. Okay, you survey business owners uh, who actively use CRM software for their business and you launch a piece of con that let's say uh, in this hypothetical scenario, uh, its title is uh, 1,500 business owners share their thoughts on CRM software and it doesn't look good, okay? Now, this is something that could be amplified online, on social media, for example. People, because it has data, could mention it, refer to it and link back to it and Mm. you could have potentially better chances of uh, ultimately, further down the line, way down the line, uh, getting visibility for CRM software, which is the you know the ultimate goal. Uh, but once again, most companies uh, choose to not take this creative approach uh, mm-hmm. because they think it's um, it's more difficult. Well, it's not more difficult; it's just different. And I would say that, if anything, uh, at least as I see it, it's more difficult to to go the the path at every every other company uh, takes. Yeah, it sounds like you need to be a little bit more creative and, you know, try, try be able to, willing to try different uh, strategies rather than, you know, copying what's already working from the big guys, right? And I think that's a, another problem, right? Like uh, we see is that people use, you know, copycat or spin off content from some competitors, right? So they'll go to like HubSpot and they'll, they'll spin, you know, one of these articles that are you're probably ranking. Um, you know, why should we try to avoid that? One is like, yeah, because then you're just going to look like, the same as everybody else. Uh, but, you know, second, what are some other problems if, if you go down that route? I would say that uh, obviously one thing is the one that you just mentioned. Another thing is that uh, it's a loophole, okay? And it works until it becomes a real problem for Google, which, by the way, is well aware of it and sooner or later will do something about it. And mm. so it works until it stops working, okay? Got as it. simple uh, as that. Uh, so I would say that... As a general comment, uh, you should s- try to stay away from uh, what's called correlation SEO um, or copycat content. You can call it however you like. 
what you can do about it uh, with regards to content, you can add perspective. Okay. Um, what do I mean by that? Let's let's give another example. Let's say that you're interested in uh, the term types of marketing. If you go on and check this exact term now in Google, you will see that all pieces of content that rank in the in the top ten uh, are listicles with you know the X types of marketing. Now imagine if you create a piece of content that reads, uh, "We invested I don't know five ten k um, in four types of marketing." Here's what we learned. Now, as a as a search engine user, I don't know about you, but this is the result I would I would click because I would like to know mm. what these guys learned. You know, and mm. regardless of the amount, it could be two k, it could be I don't know whatever. I would really love to know what these guys learned through that process. Mm. Uh, and this is a way by adding perspective. It's it's a great way to differentiate yourself in the SERPs. Um, and stay away uh, from something that may work right now, but sooner or later, you know, it's not going to be as effective. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I, I love that that approach. Um, you know, so we talked about a little bit about tools. You mentioned Ahrefs. I'm a big fan of it as well. So uh, no issue there. I do recommend it. Is there any other you know, favorite tools that you suggest to help make your life easier from keyword research, keyword tracking, uh, up until like managing the entire SEO campaign? Sure. So when it comes to, uh, let's categorize them. Let's uh, say mm-hmm. keyword research, con creation, and uh, performance monitoring, and even con promotion. So for okay. keyword research, I would say um, Ahrefs. Um, it has very very good keyword data. Um, Server Surfer SEO, uh, especially for their uh, con planner uh, feature. Uh, SparkToro, uh, which is a tool that we have started uh, using. Uh, um, like a few months ago, uh, to get a better, better understanding of our audience, uh, and you know, uh, try to to better uh, make the associations between our audience and you know, where these people, what are the sources of information, what are the influencers, and so on and so forth for our audience. Uh, a great tool, and as they um, update their um, database, data become better and better. Uh, so definitely recommend that. But um, I would take a step back uh, because, unfortunately, when it comes to keyword research specifically, the process starts without using like your biggest asset. You don't really need uh, to to uh, start using a, a, an SEO software like Ahrefs. What you have to do is take a step back and start talking to your customers. There, there's no. This is the ultimate source of truth. These are the people who are going to tell you. These are the things that I'm looking for. These are the exact terms that I'm using when I'm looking for such a solution. These are the competitors I'm, you know, comparing you against. Uh, and you know, these are the the tools that I used to to use before I I, I switched over to your solution. So uh, I would say that uh, you definitely have to uh, add customer interviews as part of your keyword research process and an understanding uh, not of keywords but you know how the uh, the journey works from from start to finish, and here, Zoom definitely, uh, Grain, uh, which is a, a tool that can help you auto auto transcribe your uh, Zoom recordings. Um, uh, time type form if you want to run a customer service definitely, and if you okay. want to take things uh, to an even 
deeper level, uh, I would argue, and if you are an established business, I would say that uh, you can um, analyze your uh, reviews on uh, websites like G2 and Captera or GitHub uh, using a tool like uh, MonkeyLearn in order to identify patterns when it comes to, you know, um, what are the themes uh, when it comes to why people are using your prod pro product, uh, what are the main problems, uh, what are the things that they highlight in the reviews, and so on and so forth. Uh, when it comes to con creation, um, Asana is the best for project management. Uh, Google Docs can do the work when it comes to creating the con, actually. Uh, we use Slide as our knowledge base um, because especially if you want to scale things up, you need to make sure that either your writers, uh, in-house writers, or uh, the agencies or freelancers that are working with you uh, have a knowledge base where they can refer to at all times to see how the process works. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, clear scope for uh, con optimization. Uh, Grammarly for uh, plagiarism check and so on. Um, and then we, we use internally mock flow uh, for mocking th things up for our uh, designers and Loom for providing even more detailed uh, briefs to uh, our content writers. Uh, when it comes to performance monitoring, even though I'm not a big fan of performance monitoring, uh, I, you know, I don't stress over rankings, uh, but I would say that, you know, AHS can do the job and ClearScope they recently launched a, uh, a new feature that allows you to monitor performance on a page level. Uh, that can work uh, really well as well. Uh, and if you want to promote content now, um, full disclaimer, it is one of our clients. Uh, I would say Respona for, for email outreach and reaching out to websites and, you know, um, uh, pitching backlinks and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, so in a nutshell, these are the tools that uh, yeah, we would no, recommend. Thank, thank you for this comprehensive list. That's super helpful. And people can go out and build their own agency just for, from that, that, that stack right there. <laughs> uh, uh, a big shout out to SparkToro though. We did have uh, Rand Fishkin on the podcast uh, a couple, you know, last year. Uh, so if anybody who's listening hasn't checked out that podcast and are interesting to learn more about you know, SEO, we highly recommend you guys check out his podcast. Um, uh, so, fi final question for you, George, in terms of on the SEO side when it comes to content. Uh, before we get into you know the more rapid fire personal questions, um, you know one question and debate that people often have when they're creating content is like you know volume versus quality. What's your your take on writing you know high volume of pages, articles, and just getting a bunch of content and hoping you know one sticks, and then you go back and start optimizing before uh, those pages that 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 are doing well and the ones that aren't, versus focusing on just shooting you know a few really high quality, long form articles as part of your strategy. And then from there, what is the right amount of content we should be planning? Is it, you know, one massive guide uh, per month or are you doing like 10, you know, pieces per, per, per week, for example? That's a very good question. And I would argue that in general, uh, when it comes to getting results from organic search, uh, publishing frequency or uh, publishing velocity, uh, you can, you know, hear people uh, calling it uh, both ways, uh, is definitely important. It it matters. Okay, we have seen uh, that, yes, especially when we're talking about a website that is new, uh, blank canvas, canvas, it definitely matters because you, you need to have a lot of content in order to uh, perform. But I think that we shouldn't get into the the comparison. Uh, it's not a, you know, a fight against... Um, of you know volume against uh quality uh i would say that it's not 
you know, one or or the other. If anything, a successful condesio strategy needs to have um, a combination of volume and uh, quantity content. And also, as, as I mentioned previously, I think that there is a misconception uh, about content length. Um, as many professionals, even until this day, uh, seem to uh, to correlate length uh, with quality, which, you know, it's not, it's simply not true. As I mentioned previously, in some cases, the answer uh, to a particular question or query could be given in less than 500 words, while in others, you just, you know, you have to go a bit deeper than that. You know, you may have to create a 5,000 word uh, guide. Okay. Uh, so in general, quality is totally subjective and query specific. Uh, now, the question as I see it is how can we uh, maintain that and, you know, produce good content at scale. Because eventually, uh, especially for most companies in the growth and scale phase, this is where everything ends up to. So mm-hmm. to answer that, we have seen that um, some things and elements that that help companies in this uh, stage when it comes to maintaining quality at scale, uh, quarterly or biannually planning. Uh, obviously, there will be ad hoc topics, but... Uh, you you have to plan ahead. It's extremely important. Uh, you have to have extremely tight pro- t- tight processes around con briefing. Okay, so and obviously this will allow you to have a more junior person who will write mm-hmm. the con. Okay, extremely tight processes around con briefing. Uh, writers who are dedicated to specific uh, topics or topical categories so that they develop themselves in these uh, specific topics and topical categories, you also have to have extremely tight processes uh, when it comes to editing. Uh, and last but not least, which is something that, you know, we, we are always surprised to see uh, in companies, uh, you have to have an easy and streamlined way of uploading the content once it's, re- once it's ready uh, to the CMS. Uh, and as I mentioned, like, we are always surprised because we, we see this mostly uh, with companies that have uh, custom CMS it's really a pain for them to, to upload the con. Mm-hmm. How can you scale things up if it takes you three hours to, to upload a single piece of con? You simply can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would say that, um, I would say that um, it all boils down to how can we maintain quality at scale? And these are some of the elements that we have seen uh, with our clients and based on our experiences, help companies do that. Nice. Fantastic. That's super helpful. Uh, George, that was uh, that was great. Lots of good knowledge there. A lot of knowledge bombs for people listening in on SEO. Uh, so now let's move to the next stage of the podcast, which we talked about the the rapid fire question. So ready to ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, what's one activity you enjoy outside of work that gets you into flow state? It's running on the weekdays and uh, reading on the weekends. Nice. Reading and, and running, love it. What's uh, one piece of advice you wish you had known and would, if you can go back, you would tell your 25-year-old self? I would say, don't worry. Everything is going to be all right. Mm. Oh. Love it. Don't stress. Just trust yourself. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to continue to grow and manage Minusha? Well, meaning, what, what keeps you up at night these days? Yeah. That's a that's a great uh, question. The thing is that we are in a hyper growth phase at this moment, which means that the problem that we face 
are completely different than the problems that we had, say, six months ago. Um, so at this point, uh, the things that I'm mostly concerned about, first of all, people, how to acquire talent and retain talent, um, being able to support our clients' increasing needs because uh, in many cases, you know, we have clients um, where the engagement is X and guess what? Uh, from the next month, for example, we want to uh, make this 3X. Um, so we have to be able to, to support uh, that, that need. Um, and another one, especially lately in the in the last uh, months as as we were discussing also before we uh do the recording uh we we are uh being trusted by billion dollar uh, companies and public public saas companies uh from the us um and this is a, a very big responsibility and not something that i take lightly um i want us to to be able uh to to return that trust uh, and you know, do the best that we can for for our clients, uh, and this applies not only for you know these big companies, for any client that trusts us, for that matter. Um, but I would say that uh, with bigger companies come bigger responsibilities, um, and so yeah, these are the three things I guess that keep me up at night. Makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a good challenge to have. Um, who are what are the best three resources? It can be books. Uh, mentors or people you follow in the space who you'd say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years? Great question. When it comes to books, I would say uh, Extreme Ownership by Jogo Willink, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and uh, Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. Um, and when it comes to people uh, slash mentors, I would say, first of all, my wife. Um, she's the driver of, you know, most successful decisions in my life, actually. Uh, my family, and especially my sister, uh, my friends, uh, my team, uh, and also some partners that we have at Minusia, um, without whom, honestly, you know, I don't know, we, we, we probably would have ended uh, going out of business. Nice. Yeah, those, those are all great books and, and all people you need around you to, to, to keep you going. Yeah, uh, we'll add those uh, links to those books in the show notes as well. People want to check out. Um, George, what does uh, success mean to you today? Whether that's uh, personally, business, financial, life, there's no right answer. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the answer to this question changes as, as we grow older, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but at this point of my life, I'll quote something from uh, Paolo Coelho um, with regards to what success is. Um, it is being able to go to bed each night um, with your soul at peace. At this point, uh, you know, I'm trying to get there. I'm not there yet, but, you know, this is what success is for me. Yeah, that peace is, comes with knowing that you're, you're a human and you've, that you've gone through the day, yeah, and you've got another day to live. Uh, yeah. this, this is great, George. Uh, love, love this podcast. It's been, been great chatting with you. Where can uh, you know, people listening in or audience get in touch with you, learn more about you and uh, Minutia as well? <laughs> Sure. So first of all, uh, you should uh, visit our website uh, at minusia.com, double T. Uh, feel free to check out our blog posts. Uh, we have many interesting things coming up next. Uh, some studies specifically for SaaS companies, which is not something that uh, many other, um, you know, uh, agencies out there do. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, um, the best place to do that is on LinkedIn, um, Georgios Kassiotis. Uh, you should subscribe to our YouTube channel where we publish uh, the video version of our uh, weekly podcast, uh, SaaS SEO, the SaaS SEO Show. And uh, it would also uh, mean a lot to me 
Uh, if you could um, uh, take a look at Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, leave a review for the SASCO. So uh, feel free to subscribe and uh, check out the content that we uh, publish uh, weekly with honestly the best minds in the industry. Uh, you will hear things that you that you don't hear uh, anywhere else uh, when it comes to con marketing and SEO specifically for SaaS companies. Awesome. Awesome. We'll add those uh, links to our show notes as well for people to check out and say hi to, to George. Thank you. Thank you once again, George. Much appreciate you jumping on today. Thank you very much, Akil. It was a real pleasure. Likewise. Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at Horizon Capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and see you on the next one.